All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. See, now, those of you who don't go to our Periscope feed or any of our video feeds, you don't hear the little banter that I have with the audience while you guys are listening to uh, Baked Alaska or you're listening to a, a Hillary Clinton bit. But I was telling the Periscope audience, and we'll probably go more in depth uh, Monday, but man, they're starting to drag up all sorts of stuff on Bannon. They're just, they're, everything we talked about in the last segment, the media and, and, and communism and Nazism. Here they are, bringing up stuff about Bannon that obviously has been out there. And Bannon's been in the public eye for years just because he's new to the lips of certain media people. And I don't even think that's the case. I think all the media... I think they all know who who Bannon is because there's people who work for Breitbart who've worked alongside the Tappers and the Blitzers and so forth and so on. But man, now it's, oh, Bannon back in the 90s had a domestic violence incident with his ex-wife. What? Oh, he he's registered to vote at an abandoned rental house he never lived in. I mean, this is stuff that's been out there. I mean, this is this isn't like uncovered, new, discovered information. I mean, come on. So they're going to just, wow, <laughs> they're going to, they're going to really, they're going to really, they're really, remember that today's Friday, come Monday, you will have had two weeks of Trump on message, on point, not stepping on his junk, when there's News about Hillary Clinton doing dirty, shady stuff, which is all the time. But when that news is bubbling, when that that news is festering, Trump is now learning, or he has learned, not to stop on his own junk. And let everything play out. Now, Hillary and the media switched that news cycle yesterday because Trump wasn't stepping on his junk. So today will be two weeks, or Monday will be two weeks. Two weeks. So the media is pissed. The Democrats are pissed. So now it's like, oh, Steve Bannon. Oh, well, guess what? I mean, this is the story that's on Vox. 
Trump campaign CEO Steve Bannon reportedly abused his ex-wife. Abused his ex-wife. Now, everybody at Vox, Ezra Klein, they all know Bannon. They've all known Bannon. Nobody wanted to talk about this six months ago. Nobody wanted to go, hey, you know, Breitbart.com, that alt-right site, that, that, that scumbag conspiracy theory site. Hey, their boss is an abuser, is a wife abuser. They didn't do that, did they? No, of course not. Of course not. But this information was out there then. The information was out there then. But now they're doing it. Why? Because two weeks. Because Trump has been on point for two weeks. And now people will talk about this. So now this will be something CNN can talk about. This, because the alt-right speech hasn't lasted that long you know the, the the fallout from it hasn't lasted that long and you know some people have gotten in the ears of the executives at msnbc cnn blah 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 and said guys what the hell did the clinton campaign do what you know they called up paul begala said paul what the, what the hell did we just see yesterday They just drove traffic to Breitbart. And then Breitbart had all these stories about Hillary and Bill's past racism. You guys really dropped the ball. You guys are... Ugh. So now what's going to happen? What's going to be in the news cycle? Bannon... Abused his wife 25 years ago. So now this will be what CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, they're all going to start talking about it. Because the alt-right conversation didn't do what they all hoped it would do. Tonya, mark my words. Mark my words. Mark my words. This is what they're going to talk about now. So now the narrative will shift. Because if Trump's not stepping on his junk, where they could get away from Hillary, I mean, yesterday when the reporters tried to ask her questions, she, she offered him chocolate. Do you, guys want, do you guys want some chocolate? Do you guys want some cookies? Can we ask you some questions? Here. Here's some chocolate. <laughs> here's some chocolate. Here's some, have some chocolate. No, but we want to ask you a question. Can I, okay, wait a minute. Let me have this, this fudge. Okay. Nom, 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 nom. Thank you. Anyways, could I ask you a question? Oh, where'd you go? You left. Oh, you, you took off. <laughs> 
Ah, she took off. She left. She's gone. So she's not going to do any press conference. Hey, she's not going to have sit-down interviews where Jake Tapper can be forced. That little person chirping in his ear will say, you got to go, you got to, you got to. Or he could really go after her on the Clinton Foundation. So before everybody starts talking about the Clinton Foundation again, you got to talk about Bannon. So they'll have a panel. I'm trying to think, will it, be, will it go down tonight? Here's my prediction. Megan Kelly will talk about it tonight because she despises Breitbart. She despises everyone. There. I mean, she's, she's a closet liberal. Megan Kelly's going to talk about it tonight. Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon will talk about it. They will have a panel about it. And they will tie Bannon's... They will tie the ex-wife and their situation from 20 years ago. They will tie that in to Trump and how Trump treats women so they will be able to move the narrative move a news cycle again away from Hillary and they will conduct panels tonight Uh, what does this say about Trump and his attitude towards women and his attitude Towards women voters That he would hire A wife abuser Tonya You want to bet me? Who wants to bet me? Who wants to bet me? Who wants to bet me? Come on guys Megan Kelly Cooper and Lemon bet me. Bet. Bet. So for the next, I don't know, it'll probably, it'll probably go on until Tuesday. That's, that, that's, what I say. It will go on until Tuesday. So they'll start talking about it tonight. So they'll, they'll, they'll start doing the whole connection. Uh, Trump's hiring women abusers. What does it say about uh, Trump's attitude? Towards They're going to do that today. They started today. They'll do it tonight. It will then play out Tomorrow, it will be all over the Sunday shows. They'll talk about it on Monday because you got to get a Monday news cycle because Friday's normally the news dump. 
normally you say something on Friday that you want people to forget about because normally people go, eh, whatever, Saturday, Sunday, got to watch this, got to watch that. So then it will be talked about on Monday. And then Tuesday, it will die off. But mark my words, they've already started. They've already started. Politico started it. Starting with Stepanopoulos on TV. And it will just keep on going. It's going to keep on, keep on. And the best part is, talking about 20-year-old claim. Talking about 20 years ago. <laughs> uh, wild. It's going to be wild, man. But mark my words, it's going to go down. All right. So, immigration. Let's talk about immigration. You know, I was listening to Megan McCain last night. I know, I know, I know. Say, Rob, if you don't like her so much, why do you listen to her? I listen to her only when I'm driving at night, and they're for short bursts. It's the same thing with Levin or Michael Medved. When I'm driving, And I have to go into the valley. Like today. I have to go to Santa Clarita. Did I say that correctly? Santa Clarita. When I say things wrong, I get listeners and readers that that get all grammar police on me. I had somebody go after me because I said literally. And they're like, it's literally. Oh, like, oh. Lit, lit, literally. Yeah. Literally. So, Santa Clarita. Is that right? Santa, Santa Clarita. Santa Clarita. But I got to go out there today. So, I'll have Medvid on. And I'll go back and forth between Medvid, who uh, is, is almost, almost, as unlistenable as Megan McCain. Almost. I can listen to Medvid more than I can listen to Megan McCain. Megan McCain just... Uh, see, Megan McCain is one of these Republicans. Listen, rather you're for gay marriage or not. And what I mean by that is whether you think it's right or you think it's wrong, put that aside. Whether you agree with immigration, put that aside. Just put all of these issues aside of their um, 
moral justification or, you know, oh, this will make our country a better. Just put all that aside. Just, just think about issues like these. Work with me for a second. If you're a Democrat or if you are a Republican, you are on a certain side. You're either for gay marriage or you're against gay marriage. You're either for open borders or you're against open borders. You're either for abortion or you're against abortion. Forget about making the world a better place. Forget, forget about all that. Forget about your heart. Just, just go by these issues. These issues are what create a left and a right. Now, if you call yourself a Democrat, but you are against X, Y, Z issues, you are not a Democrat, and vice versa. So when you're sitting there listening to Megan McCain, or you're listening to a Michael Medved, and they are talking about issues that are near and dear to Democrats, and more so with Megan McCain, you go, well, what the hell are you? What, seriously, are you a Republican? Well, what are you? What are you? So when you hear her say illegal immigration, you know, the, you, you can't deport people, and they, they got it. What are you going to do with it? And you got to give. And I think it's wrong. And you should have gay marriage. And then I think it's just a transgender better. And then now you And you say, well. Are you a Republican? Regardless, regardless if you, regardless, if you're like, well, I think they should be able to be married, or I think you should be able to go into a bathroom. There's certain policy issues. I think somebody said, well, doesn't each party create a platform? Yes, 100%. So if the platform says X, Y, Z, You can't sit there and say, I am this. You are talking about is really part of the other side. So it's, it just gets me, it gets me crazy with, with, with her. So I listen to her when I'm driving at night going to Vaughn's or I'm going to Ralph's. I listen to Medvid when I'm going out to San La Carita. I'll listen to Mark Levin on my way back from San La Carita. On my way back. So everybody has their take on the whole immigration. Whether it's a flip-flop or a softening. And here's the thing. Rather, it's 
Medved, rather it's McCain, rather it's Levin. Everybody had their own dog in this fight. Everybody had their own dog in the fight. I mean, this just shows you real quick how delusional, how delusional, and, and just, just <sighs> Megan McCain is. So I watched her last night on, uh, not the five, but one of those other Fox shows. I was sitting there cooking, and she was saying how Trump is a con man. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's this, he's that, blah, 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 blah. And the person goes, so you're going to vote for Hillary? Oh, no, I can't vote for Hillary. I, I can't vote. So what are you going to do? She goes, I'll probably just write in Lindsey Graham's name. And she laughed. Ah, and they went to a break. Take up Lindsey Graham. That's, she's going to Lindsey Graham. <laughs> are you kidding me? Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. Listen. You could talk about Trump all you want. You, you could say he's he's mentally unstable. Yeah, okay. But you're definitely, definitely unhinged and mentally unstable when you're a 60-something-year-old closeted gay man who lives with your sister, never, never had any kids, and belongs to a party where a lot of its members despise you as a gay man. Not you personally, but just gay people in general. And you are part of this party. You are, and yeah, now it's getting a little softer, but 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And you don't have the heart, you don't have the courage to say, you know what? I am a proud gay man. I am a proud gay man, and I am a Republican. So, please, <laughs> Lindsey Graham. Hello. Anyways, I got off topic there. Um, they all had their own dog in this fight, okay? They all had their own dog in this fight. And four years ago, they all had a dog in the fight. And four years before that, they all had a dog in the fight. And one of those topics that were very hot from eight years ago, 12 years ago to now has been immigration. It's been immigration. And you have a certain section of the Republican base that want a very hard line stance on immigration. If you're here illegally... You get thrown out. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're gone. 
And ultimately, it's that base that defines the primary process. So during the primaries, you see candidates walk that line. You see candidates walk that line. And pending on what state they're from, if they're a senator or they're a congressman, they have to walk that line as it pertains to immigration reform. Now, if they're in a state where nobody really gives a crap, then they could do whatever they want. They could do whatever they want. But if they're in a state where it's a touchy situation or they're trying to get the nomination, then they got to walk that line. They got to walk that line. It happened with Romney, happened with McCain. So ultimately, everybody had a dog in the fight. And depending on where they stood on immigration, that base basically had them live or die. Remember, Marco Rubio got torched for the Gang of Eight amnesty bill. Remember that. Got torched for it. Now, I don't think he got torched because he was part of it. I think he got torched because he wasn't man enough to say, listen, everybody. Yes. Yes. I was for it. Something has to be done. This is the best we can do with what we're dealing with as far as Obama, the Democrats, because having something is better than nothing. Instead, he, well, I, 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 I wasn't part of it. It was almost like the John Kerry. I was against the war before I was for the war, and I voted against it. You're just like, what? What? And then he just got torched for it. Got torched for it. And there's Trump going, nope, we're going to build a wall. We're going to deport everybody. What about the illegals that are already here? F them. They got to go. And in turn, here we are, general election, and Trump's language is a little softer. Now, before people were talking about this flip-flop, I told you what I read about as far as Trump having the little summit, Latino leaders, at his tower. And they said, oh, Trump's going full-on amnesty. 
And a bunch of people reported and said, no, 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 Daily Beast, BuzzFeed. That's not what was discussed. That, that Trump listened to people, asked what they would do. And one of the main concepts was all bad people gone. Sanctuary cities gone. No more only violent criminals gone. If you're a drunk driver, you get arrested, hit and run, gone. Petty theft, gone. You're gone. If you're here illegally, you're already here illegally. You're already breaking the law. Have a little respect and be thankful that nobody is rounding you up and putting you in jail. Just abide by the laws. That's it. If you do that, you won't get rounded up and deported. You'll be left alone. But don't play the, well, I could break this law. I could break that law. As long as I don't, you know, rape and, and murder someone, I'm all right. I could still rob. I could still drink and drive. I could still do simple assault. I could still do, you know, petty theft. No. So one of the ideas that a lot of the Latino leaders were suggesting was all sanctuary cities gone, all bad people gone, And the people that are left create some type of program where they have to go to a consulate. They basically have to register. There has to be a period of time where they register and then a process can be done where they come back, where they're allowed to come back. They're allowed to then be here. But they can't vote. Can't vote. They're not citizens. And they never will have that right to vote. So these proposals were thrown out there by Latino leaders, or at least people that were part of different communities, because I I don't know if there's one central Latino leader. Maybe Ana Navarro, (laughs) I don't know, Jorge Ramos, maybe, I, I don't know. But so, this news comes out, and instantly, instantly, all the people that had a different dog in the fight are livid. They are livid. They are livid. 
And like we said yesterday, because all these people think that this was the one issue. The one issue that had Trump win the primary. That the 14 or 15 million people that voted for Trump only voted for him because of immigration. And that wasn't the case. I laid out the list yesterday. I laid out the list yesterday. It wasn't just one thing. It was a combination of all things. And it was a combination of personality. It was a combination of likability. It was the package. And I laugh my ass off when I hear people like Megan McCain or Essie Cup, and they talk about this cult of personality. Mark Levin, this cult, this cult of personality. These sickle fans. People are just voting for Trump because of name recognition and, and, and being a celebrity. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, You're not going to become president if people don't like you. And it goes back to the old question. Who would you rather have a beer with? Who would you rather have a beer with? Who would you rather hang out with? I don't want to go through this whole likability Al Gore too wooden too robotic Bill Clinton saxophone playing sunglasses I mean we've we've done this we've we've done this countless times we've done this countless times But you're not going to get elected president. You're not going to get. You're not going to get elected anything. You're not going to win president if people don't like you. This weird notion from the disgruntled right, whose dog lost in this race, that somehow people vote based on issues. People vote solely because where a candidate stands. That's just ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. It's all about personality. It's all about voters connecting with someone. That's all it is about. That's all it's ever been about. And long after Trump... Long after this election cycle, it will still be about that. When you hear people like Meghan McCain and Mark Levin, 
And they talk about this crazy election cycle and this cult of personality and ah, da, da, da. they're delusional. They're in another world. And Mark Levin's supposed to be a, a like a, a scholar, a genius. But it's always about personality. Listen, when you have eight candidates on stage, take Trump out of the mix. Take Trump out of the mix. When you have 15 people on stage, every single one of them has the exact same position. Every single one of them. And when you go to the Democrats, the same thing. Go back in 08 when you had Biden on the stage and Obama and Hillary Clinton. Everybody has the same position. Everybody has the same position. Are you for, you know, uh, uh, raising taxes? Yes. Are you for? Sure. I didn't vote for the war. You voted for the war. Okay, great. But at the end of the day, everybody has the same position. Marco Rubio and Jeb Bush have the exact same position on immigration. Aside from Rubio going, I, I do, I don't, I do, I gang of eight, no. They have the exact same position. Exact same position. And now, the disgruntled right is saying Trump has the exact same position as Bush and Rubio. Okay. And they are beside themselves that the base, that the Republican voters are fine with it. They are beside themselves. They are beside themselves. They are so, it's like they're jilted high schoolers. They're jilted high schoolers. They're sitting there going, well, why don't people like me? What's wrong with me? I'm a good person. I'm likable. I could say outrageous things. Why is it when you do that, people like you? But when I do the same thing, they don't like me. This isn't fair. That's basically what you're hearing today. When Jeb Bush is out there doing interviews, talking about Trump and uh, talking about how he's basically disgusted with Trump's softer stance. And he's a high schooler. He's a disgruntled high schooler. He's the high schooler who went out and bought the same clothes like the popular kids. He's the disgruntled, geeky, loser high schooler who went, okay, how do I how do I become cool? I'm gonna do I'm gonna do everything that the cool kids are doing. Okay, I'm gonna wear those parachute pants. I'm gonna wear that Kooji sweater. I'm gonna smoke that cigarette. I'm gonna get that earring. I'm gonna say these words, and they go and do it, and they're still a loser geek. Jack off, who just happens to be wearing 
the clothing, and sounding like the cool kids, but they're still the loser geek jack-offs. That's what the disgruntled right is doing right now. They're so, look at, look at Trump, look what he did, and all these people still love him. His base, how did he do, how did he do it? I mean, I watched Megan McCain go, Trump's position now is exactly what my father's position was. <laughs> and people gave him all sorts of crap. Because people didn't like your dad, stupid. Oh, it's, it just shows you the cult of personality. Well, look at Obama. You moron. Look what Obama got away with. Look at Bill Clinton got. Why did, how did Bill Clinton get away with getting head in the Oval Office? How did Bill Clinton get away with doing what he... How does he get away with sticking cigars in women's vaginas? How does he get away with it? How does he, how does he get away... How does he get away with being a serial cheater? How does he get away from doing and acting like the left says Trump is and Trump does... And Trump is a misogynist scumbag. Bill Clinton, listen, Bill Clinton does exactly, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump are really two peas in a pod if you want to be technical. Except Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton stayed married. But I mean, forget, forget. The Juanita Brodericks. For, forget those, okay? Because liberals, oh, that's, that's discredited. Okay, f- fine. Just go with the proven ones. The Jennifer Flowers, the Paula Joneses, the Kathleen Willies, Monica Lewinsky. Like, just go with those. Go with those. And yet, the Democrats love Bill Clinton. So why is it? Why? Cult of personality. People like him. They don't care what he did with cigars. They don't care. Didn't care. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. For all of his ups and downs, why, to this day, are there millions and millions of Republicans that worship Ronald Reagan? And no matter Iran-Contra, any of it, forget. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They like Ronald Reagan. I mean, I'm 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 a putz over here. I am. I'm a I'm a I'm not some some hipster uh, liberal douche that went to 
Georgetown got a degree in women's studies or journalism. I've been working in Washington for 10 years. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a putz over here. And I, I know more about these <laughs> issues. Or, or the Levins and the Megan McCains, they know, but they're just so upset that their dog lost. And people like Trump more than their dog. And after all these years, there's actually people that have been so hardlined with immigration, like like ultra hardlined. And Coulter. What's the other? Uh, Laura Ingram. So hardlined. That they're going, well, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. They're like, what? What? How can you guys, you guys tortured my daddy. You guys, oh my God. Oh my, you guys tortured Marco Rubio. You it. And what's your point? We didn't like them. Huh? How could you not like them? Well, because politics and electing a president, electing whoever, is not just about issues. You've got to like the person. You've got to have a connection to that person. I mean, how is this a revelation? How is this something that is new? Me, I, as it pertains to immigration, you know, <laughs> my feeling is immigration and where we are today is different than it was 30 or 40 years ago. Okay? And I've had this conversation before on the show. My grandmother, I mean, she's dead now, but my grandmother's from Italy. My brother-in-law, or my former, my former brother-in-law, because him and my sister aren't married anymore. He's from Italy. And I have a few other family members that uh, are still alive that are from Italy and some that are dead. Now, you would never, ever known they are from Italy. When they came to America, they assimilated. They came to America because they didn't want to live in Italy anymore. They wanted to come to the greatest country 
in the world. They didn't want to bring Italy to the United States. So when they came here, they learned English. And not broken English, but English to where you couldn't hear an accent. You couldn't hear any remnants that they were from another country because when they came to the United States, that was a no-no. When they came to the United States, it was not uncommon for somebody to say to you, speak English, learn English. That wasn't being a xenophobe. That wasn't being a racist. If you came here from another country, you learned our language and you assimilated. So I grew up with that concept. I grew up with my brother-in-law and my grandmother and my aunt and one of my uncles learning English and knowing English better than I spoke. I mean, guys, common sense. If you leave the country that you're from and you want to live in the United States, you're doing it because you don't like your country anymore. Rather, that country is under assault because of war, famine, as the United States. So in turn, you assimilate as fast as you can. So that's how I was brought up. Here we are in 2016, and that's just not the case. There's no push to assimilate. Nobody cares about assimilation. Obama doesn't care. The Democrats don't care. And that's the part of immigration. That annoys people the most. Again, my grandmother, my brother-in-law, my aunts, my uncles, when they came here, following the law was just something that you didn't mess with. And if you were here illegally, forget about it. You felt lucky and privileged that nobody was busting your stones and trying to deport you. So you really towed that line because you knew that if you broke the law 
you would be deported. That was fact. That was fact. And here we are in 2016, and it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter if you commit a crime. Like I said earlier, as long as you don't rape someone or murder them, and even then, even then you have people that aren't being deported. It was never like that before. See, that's the thing with Democrats. That's the thing with liberals. Just the very definition of liberal blames a lot of the problems that we have because we're always moving the goalpost. We're always moving that goalpost. Democrats are always moving it just a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further. And before you know it, something that everybody was fine with, everybody dealt with, becomes an issue because liberals have to push it to a point where people go, ah, that's a little too far. It's just a little too far. Whether it's debt, whether it's welfare, I mean, the list goes on and on. But there's always that line that everybody together goes, okay, this is the the bottom or this is the max. And then a year, two, three, sometimes it takes four. A liberal comes along and goes, you know what? We should move that line. And then they move it. And then a few people go, mm, I didn't really like that. I didn't, really, I didn't really like that, but okay. Then it gets moved again, moved again, and more people go, I don't like that. More people go, I don't like that. Till eventually, you get to a point where a whole bunch of stuff that at one time everybody was fine with now becomes something that divides everyone. That doesn't just happen overnight. It happen overnight. But that's what liberals do. And that's what happened with immigration. It is what it is. Because any law that was on the books that was followed 20 years ago or 25 years ago, it's not followed now. Any norms or, or, or any unwritten Rules. Any of those things are not followed now. So the era 
of my grandmother or my brother-in-law. And I'm not talking about them coming when they were little babies. I mean, my brother-in-law came here when he was 14. Age of 14. He learned English at the age of 14. If you listen to him now, not one, one shred of an accent. If he told you, yeah, I was born in New York, you go, oh, cool. But you get a kid here from 14, 15, from Mexico, Italy. Germany. Can he hit it here? To the day he dies, he could be 70 years old and he won't learn English properly. Don't have to. Don't have to. Don't have to. So, (laughs) you know, As far as I'm concerned, immigration and the issue of immigration was never something uh, that I jumped up and down about. It wasn't something that I jumped up and down about. I think we need to enforce the laws that are on the books. We need to reverse some practices You have to have E-Verify, and it has to be something that everybody follows, but that's not something that is a deal breaker for me, no different than abortion. You know, I've always said it's a shame. That we don't have a political process that is, and this is the only time, the only time that I will compare us to other countries and do so in an envious way. The only time. But it's a shame that we don't have a political system that involves three, four, five, six candidates. It's a shame. It's a shame that we have party A and party B. And don't tell me about the Libertarian Party. Don't t- Because in order for this type of system to work, the system has to accept this process all the way around. And that means the media. But the media is controlled by Democrats, ultimately... The Democrats know that if another party, even a 
third option was a legitimate option that got legitimate press and the system accepted that option, the Democrats would be doomed. The Democrats would be doomed. They would be doomed. But it's a shame that we're not like other countries in that regard. And that's the only time I'll I'll be envious. So this whole immigration thing and the outrage and the conversion of the Coulters and so forth and so on has nothing to do with policy. It has to do with the person. Now, you might not like the person, so in turn, you're not going to like the policy. But Trump's rise, Trump's candidacy, is all about Trump. And it has nothing whatsoever to do about policy. And if anything, once again, once again, if anything, what Trump has done in this election cycle, win, lose, or draw, has softened up the entire base as it pertains to immigration. And once again, We will look back on this entire 2016 campaign and we will chalk up history because the media was flushed out. Seriously, the media was flushed out. I mean, now you got people in the media just... Flat out going, listen, I, I can't be objective. I, I, I just, I can't. I just, I can't. I, I just, I, I can't pretend. Yes, I, I'm a Democrat. I hate Donald Trump. I, I despise him. I, I, I mean, when have you ever seen that? When have you ever seen writers? When, when have you ever seen people? That for X amount of years have walked that line of, oh, I'm one of the best journalists because I know how to be objective. And I and you've got just guys like, <laughs> you know, that Charles Blow. You got guys, Jorge Ramos. You got guys that have always tried to kind of walk that line of, yeah, I'm a liberal but you know what i am objective and i professional and you got these guys like i just i i'm just i my f him and f everything about him and the reply all right <laughs> so he's flushed them out as it pertains to 
immigration, people that were hardcore, are going, all right, okay, maybe, okay, all right, and Coulter saying, maybe some illegals can be useful. I mean, this type of thing is, is... I mean, it's huge. It's huge. But it has nothing whatsoever to do about policy. It has everything to do with the person. Everything to do with the person. Don't forget that. Okay? Don't forget that. Now, in closing, I don't think Trump should have pivoted in that way. I think he should have focused, and he still is focused, but I think he should be more focused on the black vote. Because ultimately, it was a lose-lose situation as it pertains to the immigration because he softens up and he gets the disgruntled right who are so upset that their own dogs lost that this infuriates them even more because now the softening is a position like their own dogs had, and in their minds, it's the only reason that their dogs lost. So they're not going to all of a sudden go, you know what, I like Trump now. Mark Levin's not going to all of a sudden start talking positive about Trump. Megan McCain's not going to start talking positive about Donald Trump. Charlie Sykes is not going to start talking positive about Donald Trump. Michael Medved is not going to start talking positive about Donald Trump. None of them are. They're just going to call him a flip-flopper. They're going to call him delusional. They're going to call his surrogates crazy. And when it comes to the left, they're never, ever going to say anything positive about them. What do you think, the left? What do you, what do you think, Chris Matthews? What do you think, Rachel Maddow, Cooper, Jorge Ramos? What do you think, they're now going to go, you know what, Donald Trump is saw. The heir of his ways. Yes. Yet Don, Don, thank you. Thank you for 
coming around. Thank you. You are a good man now. You're a good man. You think they're going to do that? No. Of course not. So it's basically a lose-lose. Basically a lose-lose. Now, here's, here's the only outcome that could possibly come from this maneuver. Those four or five million, talked about them before, these four or five million people that he needs to vote for him, scattered through Ohio, Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, these scattered, white, middle-class voters. Some are college-educated, some are women. For them to see this shift and say, all right, you know what? He's not a racist. He's not a bigot. He's not a xenophobe. He doesn't want to throw my gardener out of the country. He doesn't want to throw my nanny out of the country. He doesn't want to throw the busboy that I work with out of the country. He doesn't want to throw the warehouse worker that I spend my, you know, late night shifts with out of the country. You know, I could vote for him now because I, I, I'm not fond of Hillary. That's the only technical move that could come out of this. Because the disgruntled right, it don't matter. Megan McCain's still going to call him a, a, a con man on her show for three hours a night, Monday through Friday, for the next 70 days. Same thing with the Charlie Sykes's. Same thing. With the Dana LaDoiches, they're, they're all going to blast them. And they're still going to blast them. And the liberals will never get on board. It's those tweeners. It's the tweeners. We circle back to the people we talked about in the beginning of the show. It's those people. The people who went to Breitbart and went, ah, this stuff isn't crazy. It's those people. It's those people. And if he can get those people, 
Trump could get those people in Ohio and those people in Pennsylvania, those people in Florida, those people in Michigan, South Carolina, Nevada, if he can get those people to say, all right, he's not going to throw Pepe out of the hotel valet car service. All right, I'm going to vote for him. And that's the move. And that's my take on the Trump immigration softening, if you want to call it that. If you want to call it that. But ultimately, for me, and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions other voters and Trump supporters, we don't care. We don't care. It never had anything to do with policy. We like Trump. I didn't like Marco Rubio. Couldn't stand Ted Cruz. Despised Jeb Bush. And John Kasich, animal. And Chris Christie was an animal. End of story. And McCain and Levin and everybody in the disgruntled right are just going to have to get over the fact that voters vote not on issue first, but if they like the person first. Issues Come second. So Rob Zakari Show. Guys, we are done for the day. Yes, we are done for the day. I know, we just had two long segments. Sometimes people like that, sometimes people don't. I don't know. I don't know. What do I know? Uh, But I know that we'll be back here Monday. It's Friday. Uh, Everything, those of you who've been asking me, everything is good. With the unborn child yesterday, the baby looks good. Well, I mean, it's not like we got the ultrasound thing where you could actually see the fingers and toes like that. That one. We got the other one where you see the heartbeat going. And in about two weeks, we have to go for the big one where they measure the baby and the womb. And you could actually see. It's like a 3D image. It's like the whole thing to make sure the kid has all of its arms and legs and so far everything's perfect but the big moment of truth will be in about two weeks but everything's good the child I still haven't told anybody the name yet because Catherine's not telling anybody the name yet because remember I said she doesn't want anybody to steal it I don't want anybody to steal the name steal the name but Maybe we'll reveal the name next week. But everything's good. So we will see you guys Monday. 
I think we're going to do another feed, so we won't just have the Periscope. I think we're going to have, I'm not sure what video feed it is, but we might have another video feed. So then you could watch us like on three video feeds and listen to us on three radio feeds. It's crazy. Anyways, go to the robzacarryshow.com. Go there right now. Click on uh, the links. Click on the stories. We even have a, a shopping cart. We sell stuff now. We sell stuff. I'm not real sure what's up there for sale, but we sell stuff. So go there. <laughs> go there. Uh, the Rob Scary Show. Uh, we go follow us on Facebook. What the hell is our Facebook? It's Rob Scary Show on Facebook. Too bad you can't. Like, can you do Periscope on Facebook? Or can you only do it? Um, or can, can you only do the whole Facebook live? Like, what's the gimmick? I don't know, whatever. But go to Facebook. Uh, our Facebook is uh, Facebook.com, Rob Zakari Show. Go there. So go Facebook, follow us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter. Go there, click on like. You like our page. I don't know where the hell that thing is. I just always hear people go, um, like, like us. We have X amount of likes. I don't know where that is, though. Where do you do the like? I see friends. We have, like, you know, I don't approve a lot of people. I probably should approve more because then that makes you look more popular. I, I just don't. I just, I just don't. I just don't. I don't like to, don't like to. I just don't like to uh, prove everybody because then I get weird people, like just crazy people. And I don't want, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just go. I guess I'll prove you. (laughs) Click like somewhere, wherever that is. I still don't know how to use, I feel like my 78 year old dad. It's like, I still don't know how to use the most basic of, uh, of, uh, most basic of, of technology. But anyways, Rob's Gary Show, go there. We'll see you guys Monday. Don't forget, uh, go follow us, find us, all that good stuff. See you guys later. Goodbye.